0: The New York Rangers have the best record in the NHL after outlasting the Boston Bruins 7-4 for a hard-earned victory in a heavyweight matchup. They also defeat the Flyers 3-1, and we're breaking down both games on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 948 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So, Obviously, a lot of fun past couple of days for the Rangers here. The past forty-eight hours or so, a couple of seemingly random back-to-back afternoon games. I was joking around on Twitter, and a couple of you guys saw this, where you know the Rangers playing two back-to-back 1 p.m. games, combined with Thanksgiving, combined for the fact that I think a lot of us are off or mostly off for four straight days. I'm watching this game at 1 p.m. today, and I have like no idea. Uh, what day it is, what I'm supposed to be doing, or what the situation might be. But uh fortunately that was not the case for the Rangers. The Rangers were on top of their game for both of these afternoon starts and they wind up going 2-0, beating the Bruins after first beating the Flyers the day prior. So I wanted to uh talk about because you know th- this Ranger Bruins game and we got a lot to do today. We got two games to cover. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. They were both wins obviously But we're not going to go, like, you know, play-by-play. Obviously, we don't really do that anyway. But I want to talk about what I thought was the biggest sequence of this Ranger win against the Boston Bruins. And we will get to that. But I thought it was interesting because this is a similar thought that I tend to have in situations like this. The Rangers are going through a stretch right now where they're playing uh, four games in six days, including... Right now, this is their third game in four days, and it's the second end of a back-to-back. But that part of it is also true of the Boston Bruins. And Peter Laviolette was asked about this prior to the start of the game, and he said he liked it because, you know, obviously it just puts everybody on a playing, even playing field, rather. And, uh, you know, nobody has any excuses or anything along those lines. And those are my sentiments exactly. Um, You know, obviously, look, both these teams have been kind of grinding lately, but um, the Rangers are playing better than the Bruins right now and uh, obviously beat them in this game. But... Um, obviously Rangers passing this test with flying colors. I really thought this was going to be a very difficult stretch of the schedule. You know, you're playing the Devils and you're playing the Penguins and um, you're playing uh, the Flyers who have who've been better than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. And, you know, now today you play the Bruins, the only team that was ahead of you in the Eastern Conference, but the Bruins no longer ahead of the Rangers. They are now tied in terms of points. I believe both now have 31, uh, but the Rangers have the better uh, winning percentage. So that's awesome to see. And yeah, again, to set up the key sequence of this game, we got to acknowledge the Rangers going up to nothing fairly early in this game. And that's another thing. The Rangers continue to play excellent hockey right from the opening faceoff. off. It feels like the Rangers are really getting off to strong starts uh, this season. That was obviously the case in this one against the Bruins. It was the case the day prior against the Flyers. Uh, you know, the Penguins had a little bit of an edge for three or four minutes and then the Rangers took it right back away from them. So yeah, just a couple of examples, but the Rangers really getting off to good starts this year, which as we know, was an issue at times last season, but <clears throat> to discuss the start of this game. Obviously, the Rangers go up 2 to nothing on a goal by Nick Bonino. Uh, it's an unassisted goal, his first of the season, so big congratulations to Bonino. I don't think there's too many Rangers that deserve to goal more than him. This guy just goes out there, gives you a blue-collar effort every single night. But we also need to shout out Capo Caco and Will Cooley on this play. Neither one get credited with an official assist, but both were applying pressure. The puck was on Boston's side of the ice, and... They kind of force them into a turnover. Cooley, especially, because you know Cooley was putting some pressure on this guy, made some contact with him. The puck was loose. Bonino picks up the puck, moving away from the Boston net, but he turns to his left, fires it toward the net, and scores, and goes up, uh, or puts the Rangers up one to nothing at that point. Then the Rangers make it two to nothing. Uh, you've got Panarin dancing, gets the puck to Eric Gustafson, Gustafson to the center of the ice, takes a shot, goes off Trocheck. Um, then it's the save is made, and then Kreider buries the rebound. Boston comes back and ties it at two goals apiece. Uh, But then, obviously, the Rangers go back up on top on a shorthanded goal by Chris Kreider. And then David Pasternak scores at the beginning of the second period. So it's 3-3. It's already been a crazy game. Uh, We've already seen both teams use their timeouts. Going to talk more about that pretty unique situation in a little bit here. But uh, the sequence that I've been talking about here that I've kind of been building to basically since I hit record a couple of minutes ago here, But this is awesome. This is when the Rangers really took control of this game. And, yeah, the Bruins, got to give them credit. They came back a couple of times. But this is when the Rangers really kind of, again, took control of the game. And um, they were on top for good after this. And it just kind of had that feel that once this all happened, they were going to be, you know, well on their way. And this sequence I'm talking about begins with a penalty against the Bruins. It is a very, very long delayed penalty. I'm going to take Joe Micheletti's word for this because I was not timing, but per Joe Micheletti, uh, he said that the Rangers, once this penalty was called, the Rangers held the puck for 50 straight seconds. That's, that's a solid thing to do even if you don't end up scoring because obviously you're tiring their guys out. Maybe some of those guys will be involved in the penalty kill, and now they're all kind of you know, gasping for air once the play ends. But bottom line is the Rangers have the puck for 50 seconds, and they end up scoring. Basically what happens here is Jimmy Vesey takes a high stick, and this was set to be a double minor. They were going to get them for four minutes. Um, more on that in a second as well. But VZ gets the puck in the corner, skates into the crease, and tries to kind of just stuff at home, you know, a, a stuff-in try from the doorstep there. He's not able to do it. But then you've got Tyler Pitlick recovering the puck behind the net. He plays it back up the boards on the left side to Zach Jones. Jones moves the puck to his right to Braden Schneider. Uh, Schneider passes right to Panarin. And then Panarin back across the ice on the other side. Uh, to Vincent Trochek. Trocheck with a wrist shot, save is made, Jimmy Vesey buries the rebound. This happened with 3.23 to go in the second period here, put the Rangers up on top for good at 4-3. to three. And you also, you know, it, there, there's a lot to break down here. For starters, Uh, just a great blue-collar goal by Jimmy Vesey, who's really played well for this team recently. I just love what he brings to the rink every single night. And what a badass goal this turned out to be, because Vesey takes a high stick to the face, and is bleeding and continues his shift and comes very close to scoring when he, you know, drove to the net from the corner to the front of the net and then ends up scoring a little bit later on the stuff-in try. That's about as cool as it gets. Jimmy Vesey obviously stuck with it throughout this shift, and the Rangers go up 4-3. to three. Also, think about the six players that were on the ice here for the Rangers. You had Panarin, Trocheck, VZ, Pitlick, Jones, and Schneider. It's almost like somebody hit the shuffle button. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a situation where we see those six players on the ice together again this season. I mean, to begin with, there would have to be a delayed penalty, so I'm not really expecting that. But yeah, everybody had a hand in this, man. Everybody kind of contributed to this. Everybody at least made a pass or kept the play alive one way or another, didn't allow the Bruins to touch the puck, and um, obviously the Rangers scored, and just a huge moment in the game. Once again, uh, VZ was bleeding here, so it was going to be a double minor. Instead, because the Rangers scored, it's only a two-minute penalty against the Bruins. The Rangers are unable to convert there, but then... At the end of the second period, they do indeed score again. Boost their lead to 5-3, to three, which is 23 seconds to go. Uh, another situation where pretty much everybody on the ice contributed. A lot of guys you know, had a hand in this. You've got Truba behind the Ranger net. He's being pressured. There's a four-checker there from Boston. So he moves it up the boards uh, on the left side to Kreider. Kreider then gets it back to Truba. And then Truba passes out the other side of the net uh, to Ke'Andre Miller. And then Ke'Andre Miller makes a great pass. Excellent pass by Miller here from his own zone, across the ice and off the boards to Chris Kreider. Kreider picks it up in stride. He gains the blue line. He leaves it for Mika Zibanejad. Uh, zabanajad has got the puck. He's driving the left side and he's got a defender. He kind of draws a defender toward him and then passes back to Miller. Miller's got some space, but he just winds back, blasts a one-timer and sends it into the net. And just like that, five to three Rangers with 23 seconds to go. And they almost scored again at the very end here. VZ had a a stuff in try with two or three seconds left in this period, but just an excellent finish to the period for the Rangers here, taking total control. You know, the Bruins, again, they, they fought back, credit where it's due, uh, but the Rangers always had an answer. They always kind of got back up on their horse and, and just kept going. And that's been a staple of this Ranger team. Whatever happens, they don't get panicked, they don't get flustered, they just keep playing their game, and they have the confidence and the belief that they're going to come out on top. And I think we saw a prime example of that throughout this sequence here with the Rangers going up four to three, and then soon thereafter, Five to three. Uh, just great stuff from Jimmy Vesey and Keandre Miller scoring the goals. So we're we'll keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to talk a little bit about Igor Shosturkin and Jonathan Quick. We had Igor playing on. Uh, I'm getting my days all mixed up. See, this goes back to what I was talking about before, but. Yeah, Igor was playing on Friday against the Flyers, had an excellent game. Jonathan Quick played here Saturday against the Bruins, and his stat line maybe wasn't as impressive as some other stat lines that he's had this year. But nevertheless, I thought Jonathan Quick still played well in this one. We're talking about the net netminders in just a second, specifically Quick, and then we'll save, uh, we'll save Igor for the end of the episode when we talk about the win against the Flyers. So we'll do all that fun stuff in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On, New York Rangers, All right, we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Uh, thank you, guys, as always, to the everydayers for supporting the show, and definitely stick around. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Uh, we're going to be getting into some more fun things this upcoming week. Obviously, the Rangers play on Monday night against the Sabres, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. But whatever happens, obviously, we'll break that down. For right now, though, want to talk once again about just the Rangers getting excellent goaltending uh, really the entire season. I mean, let's be real here. Um, they split this back-to-back, as a lot of us thought we would it was or thought they would um it, it was really just a matter of which goalie was going to play which game and of course uh Igor plays against the Flyers he dominates has an excellent game Jonathan Quick plays here against the Bruins uh was not you know quite as sharp as maybe he's been other times this season but even saying that you know it's not like he was letting in soft goals Bruins are obviously a great team i think they earned pretty much everything that they got in this game it wasn't really the case of uh you know quick uh getting a piece of the puck and not letting it in or anything along those lines um, this is just a high-scoring game. That, that's what happens from time to time. Uh, so, I also thought it was fitting. I do want to mention this too. Henrik Lundqvist is out there uh, to drop the ceremonial first pick, first puck with his two daughters, uh, and just very fitting that the Rangers uh, got good goaltending the rest of uh, this this back-to-back here after after uh, after Lundqvist did that. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Quick still undefeated in regulation for the Rangers this season. Uh, now has a record of 6-0-1 in his seven starts, and even after giving up four goals in this game against the Bruins, Jonathan Quick still has a goals-against average below two. Uh, granted, it is right below two. It's at 1.99 uh, to go along with a 9.30 save percentage, and 2 shutouts. Just a phenomenal start to the season uh, for Jonathan Quick, who has found A, the fountain of youth, and B, the best goaltender coach in the universe. So very good stuff and, and typically getting good support from his rangers teammates as well. And again, uh, he gave up four goals on 31 shots. You look at his stat line, it doesn't look very good, but I thought he still made some uh, you know, really impressive and some very important saves in this game as well. And it was nice to see the Rangers pick up quick by scoring a season-high seven goals. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes of this podcast. With your backup goalie, you're typically just looking for somebody who goes out there Gives you a chance. You know, you got a chance. That if we uh, we score four goals, we'll win. If we score three goals, maybe we'll win. You know, that kind of thing. But Jonathan Quick, he's not just giving the Rangers a chance for the majority of the early parts of the season. He has been one of the biggest reasons why they're winning the games in which he starts, and that's awesome. And it was, again, just really nice to see him. Even though we gave up four goals here, the Rangers skaters said, you know what, we got your back. You've taken care of us. We'll take care of you. And they end up scoring seven goals against a team that is one of the better defensive teams in hockey. And I realize they haven't been playing like that recently. I heard the stat today where, um, you know, the Bruins had allowed five or more goals now in three of their last four games, but that's not really like them. You got to figure they'll eventually figure that out. And regardless, seven goals to seven goals. So very impressive and just great that the Rangers once again were able to pick up Jonathan Quick after he's had their back uh, so many times this season. And with this win, I mean, we got to talk about what's going on here because they just keep winning and winning and winning. And it's so much fun to just come on here, hit record, just talk about the latest two points that they were able to to pocket early in the season here. But, I mean, this is getting nuts. The Rangers now 15-3-1. That also includes 13-1-1 in their last 15 games. Uh, The first Ranger team to ever get to 15 wins in 19 or fewer games. It's just a phenomenal start to the season for this team. There's no other ways to put it. You can always critique this or uh, nitpick that, or we'd like this guy to get going, or that guy has to be better 5v5. Look, there's always room for improvement. I think uh, right now the Rangers are living proof of that when they have such a sparkling record. And you still look at them and, hey, there's still a couple of things uh, that they can do better here and there. They're obviously off to a phenomenal start. Um, but that's a great feeling when uh, the team has this good of a record and you feel like maybe they could even play a little bit better than this. You know, that that's that's, uh, that's a team that's going places. And obviously we hope it's uh, it's a storybook ending to this season, but that's a ways away. Uh, something else that I mentioned earlier that I thought was really interesting in this game is both teams use their timeouts in the first period. How often do you see that? Like, I can't remember ever seeing that. And maybe it's happened. You know, I'm not going to remember every single thing that happens in every Ranger season, but... Um, Yeah, I I can't really recall that. Obviously, the Rangers got the jump on the Bruins. They were up uh, 2 to nothing pretty early in this game. The Bruins call a timeout. Then the Bruins strike back. Um, Their first goal was kind of unlucky for the Rangers. I mean, Lingering kind of got caught pinching. Gustafson was back trying to pick him up. Gustafson went sliding across the ice and blocked the pass. But before you knew it, the puck came right back out in front, and the Bruins were able to score from the doorstep. But they got two goals very quickly there, and that's when Laviolette called his timeout. I thought these were both... Uh, good uses of a timeout. And I was kind of thinking, like, after um after the Bruins had tied it, maybe uh, hit the timeout if you're Peter LaViolette and the Rangers. I mean, there's so many games where you don't even really need the timeout. You might not even end up using it. Uh, this is a good time to just kind of sell them down, get them back into their game. And obviously, whatever message was delivered there, uh, the Rangers got it, and you know they, they were on their way to a win after this. It was a battle for a while there, and then obviously the Rangers pulled away late. And we also got to give some props to Tyler Pitlick. Uh, Bonino gets his first goal of the season. The first, uh, goal that the Rangers score in this game. And then Tyler Pitlick scores the sixth goal of the game for the Rangers. It's his first goal as a member of the Rangers, but the fourth fun has just been awesome. Uh, these last couple of games, just swarming and, you know, break down this goal here. We might as well. It's Pitlick's first goal of the season. How can we not offensive zone face off just a minute and 26 seconds into the third period. And keep in mind, this is right after the Rangers, uh, finished the second period hot. So it carried over into the third period. You got Barclay Goodrow. Winning a faceoff, uh winning the puck, VZ takes a shot that is stopped. Uh Goodrow recovers the puck. The puck basically comes loose to Jimmy VZ, and then VZ dishes in front to Tyler Pittlick and Pitlick shoots and scores. That makes it six to three in favor of the New York Rangers. And, you know, Tyler Pitlick, not a superstar player, obviously, but I, I said in the beginning of the season, I'll say it now, as somebody that's kind of a 12th or 13th forward, I think he's just fine. He seems to always find a role with this team or that team. Never stays in the same place for very long, but always stays in the league. And somebody mentioned on social media, like, okay, well, what happens when when Philip Hedl comes back? Who's going to come out of the lineup? And you figure Hedl will probably be on the third line, I would guess. But he's either going to be on the second line or the third line. And whichever line he does not center, Trotrick will center the other one. Um, so that would push Bonino back down to the fourth line. And it probably pushes Barclay Goodrow to the right wing, and Tyler Pitlick comes out of the lineup. Um, you know, I I... I can't see them scratching Goodrow. I don't even think they should scratch Goodrow. I know sometimes he's a target with that big contract. I don't think that'll happen. I think Bonino's too valuable as a penalty killer. Jimmy Vesey's just played too well in general. So you're kind of running out of options, and I I think by process of elimination, it's probably Tyler Pitlick that's going to come out of the lineup. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, in just a second, I want to shift our attention to um, the game against the Flyers. Definitely looking forward to talking about that as well. We'll do that in just a second here. But first, definitely want to let everybody know, Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Chris Kreider could score 50 goals. The New York Rangers could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Kreider or Panarin or Mika or Igor will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code NHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Service and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. We also want to let everybody know that to, that uh, Locked On has launched the first ever national twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you twenty four seven, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and also discuss uh, the Rangers' second most recent game. That would, of course, be a 3-1 to win in Philadelphia against the Flyers on Friday afternoon. One of the first things that kind of jumps out if you just check the, the box score is that the Rangers in this game were outshot by the Flyers 37-19. to But I don't think that was really indicative, really at all, of how this game was played Uh, As Sam and Joe pointed out during the first period specifically, uh, there was a lot of time that the Rangers spent on Philadelphia's side of the ice in this game. They were swarming, uh, keeping offensive zone possessions alive. I thought the Rangers' puck recovery in this game, especially in the offensive zone, was absolutely outstanding. There were a couple of times where you thought maybe the puck was going to get cleared by the Flyers. The Rangers kept it alive, kept things going, and um, in some cases created more scoring opportunities, and at the very least, at least kept the puck uh, on Philadelphia's side of the ice. So I thought the Rangers were very good in that regard. It didn't always add up to shots on goal. And I think part of the reason for that as well is the fact that the Rangers a couple of times in this game uh, were selfless to a fault. That's a term that I used to use all the time to describe the Rangers when everybody was trying to pass the puck into the net. They don't do that as much as they used to, but I thought it came back a little bit in this game. A couple of instances where... You know, the Rangers had a chance to shoot the puck and gave away or, or turned down rather, you know, a good scoring opportunity to make a pass. One instance off the top of my head was badge had Chris Kreider. Uh, this is after the Rangers are up 2 nothing in the first period. They've got a chance to make it 3 nothing, And Mika, you know, he's going in. He's got a great chance to shoot the puck. And he tries to force the pass to Kreider. Didn't get there. And, of course, with Mika, um, up until this game, had been struggling to score, especially 5v5. And so, you get an opportunity like that, you really want to see Mika pull the trigger and try to put it into the net. But, you know, that's really just a nitpick overall. I thought the Rangers were very, very good in this game, in particular, the first 40 minutes. And Igor Shosturkin was absolutely awesome, uh, especially in the third period uh, in this game against the Flyers. Stopped 36 of 37 shots overall. Uh, There were some instances in the third period where the Flyers were swarming. The Rangers allowed the Flyers to get a few more second chance opportunities than I think we're used to seeing Ranger opponents get this season. But anytime that that did happen, uh, Igor was up to the task, made a lot of really nice saves, a couple in succession uh, down the stretch in this game. It just felt like you know Igor, even though the Flyers were getting their push and clearly picked up their game in the third period, it just felt like Igor just wasn't gonna let it happen. You know he was he was gonna hang in there and um, probably not even allow another goal to get by him, much less two. So a great job by Igor Shosturkin, and obviously. Hopefully that, you know, lets Ranger fans uh that were a little bit down on Igor, a little bit worried about Igor. Hopefully, you know, that helps you breathe a little bit because uh I think this is a pretty solid reminder of just who Igor Shesterkin is, how good he is, uh, how much he means to this team. He was big time in this game, and I'd expect more of the same going forward. Again, you look at his numbers this year, they don't jump off the page in like an incredible way, an incredibly positive way, uh, for Igor Shesterkin. what he's done with the Rangers this season. But you gotta remember he did have the injury. Um, Missed some time because of that. Came back. Gave up a decent amount of goals in the first two games. But he's still Igor Shosturkin. And uh, I don't think there's another goalie I'd rather have in this league on my team uh, other than Igor. So uh, he did a great job here. And I think it's, again, probably a sign of what's to come. Uh, Even the goal he allowed in this game by Couturier, that came on a very tough-to-defend deflection. There was some traffic in front of Igor on this play as well. But Couturier, with a really nice deflection, put it into the net. That cut the Ranger lead to 3-1. to But... As we just mentioned, that was as close as the Flyers would get. And Igor really should also get credit for a shot on goal in this game. There was an instance where the Rangers were shorthanded, and he shot the puck, you know, took it upon himself, got the puck behind the Ranger net, kind of skated in front of the net, and shot down the rink, and it went on net. And so that should be a shot on goal right there for Igor Shosturkin. And, uh, yeah, again, just just a really, really solid game. Igor was in complete control on this one from the start to the end, despite going up against the Flyers, who came into this game actually in second place in the Metro Division. And while we're on the subject right now, uh, there is more of a divide between the Rangers in first place and the Flyers in second place. Than there is between the Flyers in second place. And I think who's in last? I think it's the Blue Jackets still. But I checked the standings very quickly uh yesterday. And again, there, there are more points separating the first place Rangers and the second from the second place Flyers than there are points separating the second place Flyers from the eighth place Blue Jackets. That gives you an idea of how well the Rangers have played, and there's still a long way to go. Anything can happen, but they've really created some separation uh early in the season, which is not easy to do. You know, we're not even a quarter of the way through this thing yet, and they're already. Um, you know, flirting with a double-digit um, lead as far as points in the uh, division. So awesome stuff there as well. Also, uh, Blake Wheeler, Tamika Zibanejad, times two. Uh, they linked up for a couple of goals in this one. The first one was interesting because they go in on the rush, and Wheeler made it pretty obvious that he was going to pass here. I mean, at first, he was selling the shot a little bit, but then he basically, you know, kind of turned to the side and was looking right at Mika Zibanejad as his momentum is taking him toward the net. And there's a defender there for the Flyers, but a really great pass by Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler, excuse me. Uh, He can still kind of thread the needle when it comes to these passes or so it would seem. You know, he slipped a, a really nice pass between the stick and the skate of the defender got it over to Mika, Mika took care of the rest, knocked it into the net, and uh, Wheeler, he was all fired up after this goal was scored. You could tell, you know, he's starting to chip in a little bit, starting to kind of feel it with the Rangers. Obviously, there was a bit of an adjustment period there, um, but he has picked it up recently, and um, you can tell it's just kind of a weight off his shoulders. That at least he's contributing a little bit offensively, whereas uh, he was not doing that at all in the early parts of the season. So I'm glad the Rangers have been patient with him and um, taking advantage of the opportunity to play on the top line. That's another thing. You know, they did that caco for Wheeler flip-flop, and you're thinking like, okay, hopefully this gets Kako going. And, you know, hopefully uh, Mika and Kreider, you know, they've got a new line. Maybe that gets them going a little bit too. The guy that's benefited the most from that flip-flop is actually uh, Blake Wheeler. You know, the guy on a one-year contract that's 37 years old. So that's just kind of interesting. I think so far, though, um, Blake Wheeler's the one that's benefited from that switch uh, the most. At least, you know, in the, the early goings or fairly early goings of that switch. Uh, the other, you know, kind of subplot for the Rangers that's been going on is the struggles 5v5. And specifically for the top line, not not so much for, you know, obviously the Panarin line, but the top line struggling 5v5. We mentioned the two Mika Zabanajak goals. We also had Chris Kreider scoring a goal to make it two to nothing. Now this was just an awful play by the Flyers. Um they were trying to make a pass. You know, they won the face-off in their own zone, tried to make a pass right to the center of the ice, and it went right to Kreider, and he picked it up and just shot it right into the net. Um, But hey, you know, Kreider still anticipated the play. He intercepted the pass clean, which he was going to have to do if he was going to turn it into a goal. And then he's got to beat the goalie. And I'm sure even Kreider himself, you know, the Flyers were probably not ready for this. And uh, Carter Hart was probably not ready for this. But Kreider probably wasn't either. But he still, you know, got control of the puck quickly, shot it right into the net. So good stuff there. So that's three goals. 5v5 between Mika and Kreider in this game. And they should have had a shorthanded goal as well. Or I shouldn't say shouldn't have because, you know, the play was uh, reviewed and then determined to be offside. But Kreider scored on a breakaway while shorthanded. Unfortunate that that goal didn't, you know, obviously hold up. Um, but you know, it is what it is when a play is reviewed, we pretty much know at this point that it's going against the Rangers. So that was unfortunate that that happened. Didn't really see a lot of replays of it either. So that was kind of just strange. Usually MSG is all over that and giving you a look from every different angle, but yeah, you know, the play was overturned, uh, due to an offside and you know, the Rangers grind their way to a difficult win against a, uh, you know, a team that seems to be getting better. And doing it in a really intense game as well. This is a chippy, nasty game between the Rangers and Flyers, which is really par for the course when these two teams get together. But you had a situation where you know, this is kind of the one thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit is you know, early in the game, Troub is kind of a marked man. The Flyers are trying to get him to drop his gloves because they were off to a terrible start, and obviously they're trying to spark their team a little bit. So Troub is having to deal with like two guys at once, and then he delivers a body check, knocks his guy, it was Hathaway, down to the ice and he's getting jumped by Hathaway, and another player on the Flyers is going after Truba. It's kind of two-on-one, and then Barkley Goodrow comes in, and he's actually the one that drops the gloves uh, with Hathaway. So, you know, the Flyers are, are trying to bait Truba, and he, he doesn't want to fight them because he doesn't want to allow them to give them their team that spark early in the game. He's really got nothing to gain, even if he wins the fight. Uh, the Flyers, it's kind of mission accomplished because, again, they're trying to get their team going, spark them a little bit, so he didn't want to do it. It ends up being Goodrow getting into the fight with Hathaway, but no instigator or anything along those lines here, and then later in the game, um, you know, Will Cooley, he comes to the aid of Ryan Lingren. Lingren was checked hard down to the ice, and he fights Garnet Hathaway. Now, I have no problem with this being an instigator penalty on Will Cooley. He ends up getting 17 minutes of, you know, penalty time, which maybe that was a little much. I think maybe just the two-minute instigator would have been fine, um, but regardless, that's not what happened. And it just seems to kind of, uh, go against what we saw early in the game. You know, the Flyers didn't get any kind of instigator penalty for going after Truba. The Rangers do get an instigator penalty when, uh, when Cooley goes after Hathaway. So I don't know, maybe you guys could try to explain that one to me, but we move on. And, and the, Rangers, you know, again, despite things not really going in their favor in this game, end up getting a win, which is obviously uh, really nice to see. Also got to give some props to the fourth line of the Rangers. I thought they had a heck of a game. We talk about sometimes how, oh, man, it felt like the rink was tilted in this game, right? It felt like the rink was basically uh, vertical when that Ranger fourth line was on the ice. Uh, Between Goodrow, VZ, and Pitlick, they spent pretty much the entirety of their shifts on Philadelphia's side of the ice, and not even just, you know, you know, cycling the puck and, and having it against the boards and everything. No, they were creating some scoring chances, too. Uh, VZ came within a couple of inches, it looked like, of possibly scoring on a deflection attempt. Tyler Pitlick kind of got behind the defense later in this game as well. He had a good chance. Would have been great to see uh, one or both of those guys put the puck in the net, but didn't happen. But either way, still a fantastic job by the Ranger, uh fourth fun in this game. And then also the penalty kill. I mean, you can't ignore that. Obviously, the Rangers, uh, they they faced the Penguins penguins went over five Then they faced the flyers the flyers go over six on the power play you had uh flyer fans booing the philadelphia power play which my understanding is it came into the game ranked 28th in the league so it's not exactly a team known for having a great power play but regardless rangers did a phenomenal job there as well so uh, again just just a really solid performance against the philadelphia flyers and like i said i wanted to cover that game in today's episode as well but that will do it for today guys once again if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that's at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And definitely subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.